Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. In 1979, Neil Young famously sang these words, It's better to burn out than to fade away. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Talk about an age-old question, but is it true? Creatively speaking, is it better to have a short, brilliant career, go out on top, or a long career of ups but also downs? the possibility, maybe even the probability, of creative decline. In this episode, we'll figure it out. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. This show is sort of like car talk meets behind the music. Ooh, Clint, I like that. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, is it better to burn out or fade away? That's the age-old question. Clint, though we strive for perfection, we know a knock on the show is that we tend to agree on most things. <laughs> Real talk. In fact, we've contemplated DNA tests because we think we might be brothers. <laughs> taste in food, taste in music, movies, sneakers. It's uncanny. It's uncanny. But our listeners want just a little drama, a little discord, a smidge of disagreement. So today, maybe we'll come out on different sides on this. Okay, bring it. <laughs> So let's go back to the central analogy in today's episode. Is it better to burn out or fade away? Think of it as a candle or a fire. A candle always burns bright. A fire can peter out and smolder much less brilliantly than it did when it was a raging fire. I mentioned that in 1979, Neil Young sang, it's better to burn out than to fade away. 15 years later, Kurt Cobain quoted that line in a suicide note. All right, Clint, where do we start on this question? Is it better to burn out than fade away? Well, I think the first place we start is 
it's probably better to live than to die because much of the things we're going to talk about are when someone dies. Right. That's the burnout. Right. And so would it be better if Jimi Hendrix lived? Yes. Because what would Jimi Hendrix be doing right now if he was still alive? So yes, it's better to fade away. But we're talking about the legacy that these artists will leave forever. And so how high up in the rock and roll pantheon are they when they burn out young? I don't know. That's a that's that's one of the questions. That's a really good distinction because of course it's always better when people live longer. Yes. So we're not talking about human lives. We're talking about artistic careers. Artistic careers and the legacy they leave behind. Yes. Yeah. So where do we start? I see this debate in some ways as Lennon versus McCartney. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Is sure. it better to go out on double fantasy at 40 years old, as Lennon did, a life and a career cut short, a world that immediately immortalized him, celebrated him as a genius? Imagine all. That, by the way, is John teaching the session musicians a new song that he's written called Imagine. Pretty cool moment caught on tape. Okay, back to our conversation. So is it better to be John Lennon, to go out on top, celebrated as a genius around the world, or Paul McCartney doing another tour of playing his 50 or 60-year-old songs? In 1967, McCartney asked, will you still need me when I'm 64? It was kind of an honest question because 64 seemed like a really ancient age. When I get older, losing my head, many years from now. In part because rock and roll was a young person's game and there were no examples of old fogies still rocking. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? Roger Daltrey of The Who is 77, and he's still out there singing the words, I hope I die before I get old. <laughs> I hope I die before I get old. In 2016, they held Old Cella. Do you remember this, Clint? Uh-uh. It was like where Coachella is, yeah. but it was called Old Cella. And it was this three-day festival featuring The Stones, The Who, Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney, Neil Young, and Roger Waters. Oh, my Lord. Okay, Clint. Let's get in a time machine. The year is 2016. We're, we're in this time machine. We're heading back to the year 1970. Here we go. Okay. We made it to 1970. We're going to tell some people that not only is Keith Richards still alive, but the Stones are still performing. Not only that, but there is a festival in the middle of the desert where Paul McCartney, Neil Young, Roger Waters, Bob Dylan, The Stones, The Who are still performing. And people are coming from all over the world to this desert concert. People would think you were crazy. Crazy. Not a chance. Just follow the money. 
the thing about fading away mm-hmm. is like you said in the intro it's there are downs so y- you might put out an album later like in one of our episodes we talk about can somebody write a masterpiece after 40 and what we found is that pretty much no it's hard to continue that legacy in that respect you end up playing your catalog you end up playing the greatest hits as you get old yes as opposed to being a relevant artist you end up being a caricature sometimes which is what Jerry Garcia always dreaded for the Grateful Dead, that it would become this, they're just doing the Grateful Dead. Right. Right. So in that respect, it would definitely be better to be John Lennon because there's no chance of failure. Right. But think of the glory that Paul McCartney has playing these songs still. I mean, he's a deity on earth. He is. He is. More than anyone almost. Like, he is as big an artist as you'll ever get. So it would be pretty cool to be Paul McCartney at this point, I think. Okay. Maybe John Lennon, Paul McCartney, not a great example. And it's interesting to think about like Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. that you know John Bonham dies. Yep. They decide collectively that, as we discussed in a previous episode, they can't go on without John Bonham. Of course, they've gotten together a couple times, Live they, Aid. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've played a couple times. they played a couple times. I get the sense that Jimmy Page would, but Robert Plant is not interested in. In part, because I think he's like, why would we tarnish that legacy? Right. Let's not fade away. So that's an example of... Burning out. Even though they're all still... Three of them are still alive. Right. That's a good example of not tarnishing the reputation. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we mentioned Kurt Cobain. You know, we mentioned that he included that this quote of Neil Young's in his suicide note, deeply troubling to Neil Young, that his words would be quoted in that way and be used to sort of justify that decision. But when you think about that band, Nirvana, Kurt Cobain burned out. Dave Grohl, now 30 plus years later, is still in the biggest rock and roll band in going. The biggest, yeah. And he hasn't faded out. No. Right. Huh. Dave Grohl is the anomaly of, the anomaly. of, of music industry, though. Like Another anomaly, I would say, is U2. Hmm. Like, here's a band that was massive in the 80s. Massive in the 90s. Massive in the 2000s. (laughs) Still playing stadiums. Yep. Still releasing relevant albums. When you look so good, the pain in your face doesn't show. And somehow they haven't faded away. No. But they are... Can you imagine being 20 years old going to see you too? I mean, there is something about rock and roll being a young man's game. Like mm-hmm. when I see videos of the Stones playing, I'm like, holy crap, they're old. They're Keith old. Richards is 
old. He looks like a very old man. He looks very like- old man. And he walks old and his fingers are all crinkled old. And like, it is odd to see an old man rocking out. There's, it's very strange. So you remember the scene in the great Cameron Crowe film, Almost Famous? In it, Dennis Hope, played by Jimmy Fallon, is making the case to the band Stillwater why he should be the one to take the band to the next level. Do you remember that scene? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to take what you can, when you can, while you can, and you got to do it now. That's what the big boys do. Because if you think Mick Jagger will still be out there trying to be a rock star at age 50, you're sadly, sadly mistaken. Another scene from a great movie, High Fidelity. We love this film. Yeah. In this scene, Jack Black's character, Barry, asks this question that we're debating today. After a customer comes in the record store where these guys work to buy Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Stay, I Love You. The guy's like, do you have it? He's like, yeah, we, we have it, but I'm not selling it to you. <laughs> such a snob. He's <laughs> such a snob. Can I have it then? No, no, you can't. Why not? Well, it's sentimental, tacky crap. That's why not. Do we look like the kind of store that sells I Just Called to Say I Love You? Go to the mall. What's your problem? Do you even know your daughter? There's no way she likes that song. Oh, oh, oh. is she in a coma? Oh, okay, buddy. I didn't know it was pick on the middle-aged square guy day. My apologies. I'll be on my way. Bye-bye. And the guy leaves, right? And then Barry asks this question. Top five musical crimes perpetrated by Stevie Wonder in the 80s and 90s go. Sub-question. Is it, in fact, unfair to criticize a formerly great artist for his latter-day sins? Is it better to burn out than to fade away? Should we hold I Just Called to Say I Love You against Stevie Wonder? Right. Creatively, yes. he's sort of faded out. Yeah. There's a, that's a tough example. He's still like at these Grammy events and those things. He's always coming out and playing, but it's always a song from the 70s that he's playing. Music is a world within itself with a language we all understand. You know, the Sweet Rains were just on tour. And one morning I was at breakfast with my bandmate Greg. And Greg has some incredible stories of meeting some of our heroes you know whether it's paul mccartney or presidents or he's just had the opportunity to to be around a lot of famous people and i was asking him do you ever get starstruck and he thought for a minute and he said you know meeting stevie wonder he said i was really starstruck and the best part of that story is he went up to stevie wonder and he just said you know i'm so grateful for all you've given you know you inspired me to be a musician and stevie wonder just gave him a really heartfelt hug it just meant so much to him. That's amazing. Yeah. Go, Greg. Go, Greg. Last week, I went and saw Phil Lesh play at Nectar's. Here in Burlington. Which is, there were probably 200 people there. So you're talking about an absolute legend. Yeah. Of rock and roll. Yep. One of the biggest touring acts. Ever. Ever. Still touring. He was in the middle of a nine-show run at the Capitol Theater, right? And this was one of his nights off, so he came here to see his son Graham play. And we've had Graham on this podcast. Yep. And Phil, in that place, it was so interesting. He was He's quite old. I mean, he's definitely... 77. 77. Yeah. And a hard 77. Right. Guy's been on the road for 55 years. Yeah, I want to say... Full time. He doesn't like, have all of his original organs. It was interesting seeing him rock out. It sounded just like Phil. Like it's like he played bass and it was you could close your eyes in one second. You're like, that's Phil Lesh, which was fascinating. But it was very interesting seeing him get up on the stage. 
it was first of all awesome to see that that he's like loves his son he just watched the entire show from the side of the stage in awe of his son and like the love that i felt i was like boy if someday i can sit on the side of the stage and watch my son you'll feel just the same. It, yeah it, it was like a very cool fatherly moment but let's talk about the dead for a second yeah because jerry burnout yep and they're still going dead and company filling friends it's still going on we've talked about this before but john mayer has really done his homework yeah like he's worked hard not to play like jerry but to embrace the spirit the spirit of yeah. jerry garcia yeah and he's does do pretty good jerry looks He did learn the Jerry Lakes, so yeah. he's definitely... And it's funny to see him play his own material now where you're like, that's totally that's, a Jerry Lake. Right. He's brought Dead and Company yeah. to his solo. Definitely, show. definitely. Saying, come upstairs, got some work to do. Well, we talked about Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Let's talk about one of the most interesting phenomena in phenomenons. Phenomena? Phenomena. One of the most interesting phenomena of rock and roll history, which is the 27 Club. The 27 Club. The 27 Club is a group of musicians, but also actors and you know other genres, but mostly musicians who, for whatever reason, end up dying at the age of 27. Between 1969 and 1971, Brian Jones, the original member of the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Jim Morrison of The Doors all died at the age of 27. So in that three-year span, 69, 70, 71, four of the biggest names of rock and roll died all at the age of 27. Riders on the storm Riders on the storm and then Pigpen dies two years later. Two right? years later, right. The original Grateful member Dead. of the Grateful Dead. The 27 Club started then. And, and then it, it wasn't until Kurt Cobain's death that the name 27 Club was coined. Mm. It was a weird coincidence back then. But then Kurt Cobain died at 27. And then Amy Winehouse died a couple of years later. At 27. At 27. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said, no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. And so that really solidified the name and the mystique of this group of legendary musicians who burnt out, quote unquote. Was there anything to it? Why? Is there this thing, the 27 Club? I think there's a couple different reasons why it happens. First of all, between like 25 and 35, your risk of death goes up a little bit anyway. Right. But add on to that, these young artists getting massively successful yes. so early on. I think that's what it is. I think it's you get successful, you start getting some wealth, you start getting indulgent mm -hmm. and you start also dealing with the stresses of your success 
like in the case of Kurt Cobain, he was exceedingly jaded mm. and like realized this is not what he wanted. It's not everything he thought it would be. Come as you are, as you were, as I Remember the film Sliding Doors? I forget who's in that film. Is it Gwyneth? Oh yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. So the premise of that movie is that the film shows two storylines. One where she catches a train and gets home in time to find her partner in bed with another woman. The other storyline, the sliding doors of the train close and she misses the train and doesn't get home in time. And the film shows those two realities unfolding from those two different outcomes. Here's the trailer. Have you ever wondered what might have been? Would things be different if you caught the train instead of missing it? How much would your life change if you were 10 minutes early? Hello? Instead of 10 minutes late? Helen? If I had just caught that train, I'd have been home ages ago. Oh, you don't want to go wondering about things like that. So where am I going with this? Let me take you to August 27th, 1990. It's just past midnight in Alpine Valley, East Troy, Wisconsin. The Alpine Valley Music Theater has just hosted an epic all-star jam between two of the greatest guitarists to ever pick up a guitar, Eric Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Three helicopters had been chartered by the venue to get the musicians to Chicago's Midway International Airport. Eric Clapton gets into one of the helicopters. Stevie gets into another. As they take off, the helicopters are flying in parallel, but the one carrying Stevie Ray is flying too low and crashes into a hillside shortly after takeoff. The helicopter carrying Vaughn and Eric Clapton's entourage hit a man-made ski slope just outside the Alpine Valley Music Theater where the band had performed. Heavy fog may have been a factor in the crash. There was no sign the pilot tried to avoid the hill. Well, first let me clarify, Eric Clapton himself was not on the helicopter that went down. His booking agent, Bobby Brooks, his bodyguard, and one of his tour managers were on the chopper. All were killed, as well as the pilot. Stevie Ray Vaughan wasn't even supposed to take that helicopter flight, but at the last minute, there was an empty seat. The sky is crying. Stevie Ray is 35 years old. His brilliant career cut short. How many more great albums did he have in him? And he had just gotten clean. He was happy. It was like the beginning of something for him. So I guess he didn't burn out in the emotional sense. He burned out in this metaphysical time. <laughs> yeah. Clapton's sliding door moment is that he randomly chose the correct helicopter at 12.30 that night. Oh my god. And instead of dying and becoming frozen in time as the guitar hero that he was that night, I would say that he's faded out in certain respects. Of course, he went on to enjoy his biggest commercial success two years later with the Unplugged album. (laughs) 
but he also lived to experience the grief of his four-year-old son Connor falling out of a high-rise apartment in New York City. And he's revealed himself to be a xenophobic anti-vaxxer that has, at least in the eyes of this music fan, sullied his astonishing career. So am I saying it was better to be Stevie Ray that night than Clapton? Of course not. But from a creative standpoint, maybe it was. Yeah. Let's go back to the origin of this quote. Neil Young's 1979 track. It's the closing track off that album, Rust Never Sleeps. The song is a response to the cultural zeitgeist of the time, punk rock, and Neil Young wrestling with his own relevance. His previous two albums had not sold well, and a new generation of counterculture rockers were suggesting Young and his generation were now obsolete. Interestingly, John Lennon, who we talked about earlier, was asked about this line just days before his murder in 1980 interview with Playboy. David Sheff, the interviewer, asks, You disagree with Neil Young's lyric, It's better to burn out than fade away? Lennon says, I hate it. It's better to fade away like an old soldier than to burn out. If he was talking about burning out like Sid Vicious, forget it. I don't appreciate the worship of dead. I worship the people who survive. So Neil Young would reply two years later when asked to respond to Lennon's comments. He said, The rock and roll spirit is not survival. Of course, the people who play rock and roll should survive. But the essence of rock and roll and the rock and roll spirit to me is that it's better to burn out really brightly than sort of decay into infinity. Rock and roll is right now. What's happening right this second. So the point he's making is that if that's the art form that you choose, if you fade away, you're no longer able to capture the spirit of this art form. I tend to agree with him. Let's talk about Elvis again for a second. Yeah. My introduction to Elvis Presley was through Eddie Murphy Delirious. When Elvis was young, he was a bad motherfucker, boy. Elvis was bad. Sing his ass off. He sang so good, they let him do movies. He couldn't act. They said, fuck it, let him sing all his dialogue. They did. Everything Elvis said, he said, Elvis, we gotta win this race. We gotta win this race. <laughs> Elvis, want some lemonade? Lemonade. That poor refreshing drink. <laughs> Let him sing till it was over, too. Elvis was 42 years old. Remember right before he croaked? He would come out. His stomach was all fat and <laughs> And his butt be sticking out. I've lived a life fool. I've traveled each and every mile over more. What's more than is, <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs> 
That was how I you know became Elvis. aware of Elvis. I became aware of Elvis through mocking. Through mocking. In that case, he is the biggest example of fadeaway, like you said. Right. He is like, it's an embarrassing, which sucks because when you go to Graceland and you see what he did, you gain a massive amount of respect. Like you, you're like, wow, I didn't understand. And you talk about the Beatles. Everybody just looked up to Elvis so much. But if Elvis would have died when he was 27 or, you know, you, you couldn't touch that guy. Let's call Jeff Simons. I love it. What What do you think he's going to say? I think he's going to say it's better to burn out. He's such a Who fan. He's going to say fade away. Let's call him. I'm saying fade away. You're saying burn out. Hey. Hey, how you doing? All right, Jeff. This week's question is, is it better to burn out than fade away? <laughs> I actually have a very immediate, strong opinion on that. And it is so much better to fade away. Okay, tell us, tell us all. Not even close. Because here's the thing. Burning out is awful. Like you die early and you leave all this, these unclaimed memories behind and your loved ones are, spend more time like interacting with your ghost that you left behind rather than your actual self. Right. Like what is possibly beneficial about burning out? Except that you don't leave behind any art that's kind of like meh. But wouldn't you rather, like, uh, are we not capable of separating the wheat from the chaff? You know what I mean? Like, that whole argument about around, well, you know, if they just broken up before they made six bad records. Like, who cares? And you know what? <laughs> On those six bad records, there's, like, two good songs. Like, that's two extra good songs. Yeah, right. Well, you know, we are talking about your favorite band, The Who, and the fact that yeah. Ro- Roger Daltrey is still singing at 77, I hope I die before I get old. <laughs> Which is hilarious, right? I mean, here's the thing. Like, they shouldn't sing that song anymore. It's really, really funny when they sing it, and it's ridiculous. But th- their last ac- album had four good songs on it, and now I have four more Who songs to listen to for the rest of my life that I wouldn't have had if they hadn't made that record. You know what I mean? Also, there's something kind of wonderful occasionally about those old farts figuring it out one more time. I went and saw the replacements on the reunion tour in 2015. And in some ways it was a better show than any replacement show I saw when they were a band. And like, I'm in this crowd with all these strangers and we all know all the words and we're all hugging each other. And yeah, it was an act of nostalgia, but it was also like, it was a celebration of surviving and being older and being okay. And it gave me strength to go back to my regular life and not burn out. So I, I get the youthful, like, it's great that Nirvana didn't make a fifth terrible record. But Kurt Cobain's suicide is, there's no good news in that event. Like, there's not, like, the fact that they didn't make a bad fifth album just pales in comparison to his child growing up fatherless and a whole generation growing uh, unhealthily interested in suicide because of his action. Like, those things do not balance the scales against one another part of this is also separating the humanity from the art right because as you say like would it be better for sean lennon to grow up with a dad of course of course we're talking about legacy the artist i don't mind getting perfectly fine records not masterpieces like tom petty's hypnotic eye was a really good record the last Mm. record he made before he died 
It's a better record than most people's best records. It's not his best record. Huh. It's not one of his five best records, but it's better than 99% of other records. Right. Well, I feel like a forgotten man. I feel like a forgotten man. I'm glad I have it. I'm right. glad it exists. And, and I think it's unfair. Like, for example, Radiohead is never going to top their high point. I don't think. I don't. I think the chances of Radiohead outdoing OK Computer and Kid A are very, very slight. But I'm glad those guys are still like making music and touring and trying, trying to make art. Why would that bum me out? Right. There are some artists that Elvis, for example, he oh. he had a, a sad and depressing fade out. Yes. Yes, he did. Elvis was never really an artist. Elvis was an entertainer. Right. right. I mean, he didn't write, didn't write any of his own songs, right? He didn't arrange any of his own songs. Like, he was a fantastic entertainer. And once he surrounded himself with all the wrong people, they had him entertain in all the wrong ways. Right. So that makes sense, right? Like, it, it would be like Barishnikov trying to do Swan Lake at 71, right? Like, that would be rough to watch. <laughs> but Barishnikov doing some kind of dance he was capable of at 71 might actually be pretty cool. Right. What do you think about Zeppelin? That's a great question. I think, don't you think that Bonham's drumming is so intrinsic to that band's appeal that that was the right call? What do you think of Robert Plant's solo records in the immediate aftermath? Are you a fan of like the principle of moments? No. uh, You're not a big log guy? No, I didn't. I didn't really (laughs) get into any of that actually. You like the Alison Krauss? I like the Alison Krauss one. Definitely you know what there's an example of like my barishnikov thing like that's 65 year old robert plant yep. figuring out what his voice can do yep and and doing something pretty cool with it yep. you know we knew you'd have uh, some <laughs> thoughts on this is it better to burn out than fade away you say it's way better to fade, fade away. away way better and you know what i'm i'm fading away slowly so i'm sure it's just <laughs> i'm just projecting like crazy <laughs> but i definitely feel strongly about it <laughs> oh, all right jeff well, thanks it's great jeff. to have you as always Thanks, friends. Well, going back to this idea of like John Lennon versus Paul McCartney, I'll take Ebony and Ivory and some of like his less meaningful art to 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 see him tour his old catalog because hell yeah, like God bless him, yeah. 100%. I mean, as soon as he and Ringo die, what happens to the Beatles? I wonder. Does it become even more? 25 years from now, be like, I don't know. Hmm. Hopefully we're still doing this podcast then and we can visit it. Yeah, as far as this podcast goes, I'm happy for us to fade away. We don't need to burn out. No. God. It's a tough one, though. Because there's no way to judge someone's legacy based on if they lived or died. It just is. But I think we did it. I think we decided burnout, fade away. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you had a good time, and we hope you had as much fun as we did. And we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating.
At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.